Section 4 of The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. The Anatomy of Melancholy, Volume 1, by Robert Burton, Section 4. Democritus, Jr., to the Reader, Part 2. You have had a reason of the name. If the title and inscription offend your gravity, were it a sufficient justification to accuse others, I could produce many sober treatises, even sermons themselves, which in their fronts carry more fantastical names. Howsoever, it is a kind of policy in these days to prefix a fantastical title to a book which is to be sold, for, as larks come down to a day-net, many vain readers will tarry and stand gazing like silly passengers at an antic picture in a painter's shop, that will not look at a judicious piece. And indeed, as Scaliger observes, nothing more invites a reader than an argument unlooked for, unthought of, and sells better than a scoal pamphlet. Tum maxime cum novitas excitat palatum. Many men, saith Gellius, are very conceited in their inscriptions, and able, as Pliny quotes out of Seneca, to make him loiter by the way that went in haste to fetch a midwife for his daughter, now ready to lie down. For my part, I have honourable precedents for this which I have done. I will cite one for all. Antony Zara, his Anatomy of Wit, in four sections, members, subsections, etc., to be read in our libraries. If any man, except against the matter or manner of treatising of this my subject, and will demand a reason of it, I can allege more than one. I write of melancholy, by being busy to avoid melancholy. There is no greater cause of melancholy than idleness, no better cure than business, as Rassus holds, and howbeit, stultus laba est ineptiarum. To be busy in toys is to small purpose, yet hear that divine Seneca, aliud agere quam nihil, better do to no end than nothing. I wrote, therefore, and busied myself in this playing labour. Olio sacque diligentia ut vitarum torporum feriandi, with vectius in microbius, atque otium in utile vertere negatium. Simul et jucunda et idonea dicere vita, lectorum delectando simul atque monendo. Poets would profit or delight mankind, and with the pleasing have the instructive joined. Profit and pleasure, then, to mix with art, to inform the judgment, nor offend the heart, shall gain all votes. To this end I write, like them, saith Lucian, that recite to trees, and declaim to pillars for want of auditors, as Paulus Aegineta ingenuously confesseth. Not that anything was unknown or omitted, but to exercise myself, which course, if some took, I think it would be good for their bodies, and much better for their souls, or peradventure as others do, for fame to show myself. Scire tuum nihil est, nisi te scire hog sciat alta. I might be your Thucydides' opinion. To know a thing and not to express it, is all one as if he knew it not. When I first took this task in hand, et quod ait ille, impellens genio negotium suscepi, this I aimed at, vel ut lunirum animum scribendo to ease my mind by writing. For I had gravidum cor, fitum caput, 
a kind of impostome in my head, which I was very desirous to be unladen of, and could imagine no fitter evacuation than this. Besides, I might not well refrain, for ubi dollar ibi digitis, one must needs scratch where it itches. I was not a little offended with this malady, shall I say my mistress melancholy, my agaria, or my malus genius, and for that cause, as he that is stung with a scorpion, I would expel clavum clavo, comfort one sorrow with another, idleness with idleness, ut ex vipera theriacum, make an antidote out of that which was the prime cause of my disease. Or as he did, of whom Felix Platter speaks, that thought he had some of Aristophanes' frogs in his belly, still crying, breek, orkex, cox, cox, oop, oop, and for that cause studied physics seven years, and travelled over most part of Europe to ease himself. To do myself good, I turned over such physicians as our libraries would afford, or my private friends impart, and have taken this pains. And why not? Cardan professeth, he wrote his book, De Consolatione, after his son's death, to comfort himself. So did Tully write of the same subject with like intent after his daughter's departure if it be his at least, or some impostors put out in his name, which Lipsius probably suspects. Concerning myself, I can peradventure affirm with Marius in Sallust, that which others hear or read of, I felt and practised myself. They get their knowledge by books, I mine, by melancholizing. Experto crede Roberto. Something I can speak out of experience. Erum navalis experientia medocuit and with her in the poet, haud ignara mali miserius succurere disco. I would help others out of a fellow-feeling, and as that virtuous lady did of old, being a leper herself, bestow all her portion to build an hospital for lepers, I will spend my time and knowledge, which are my greatest fortunes, for the common good of all. Yea, but you will infer that this is actum agere, an unnecessary work, Cramban bis coctam apponere, the same again and again in other words. To what purpose? Nothing is omitted that may well be said, so thought Lucian in the like theme. How many excellent physicians have written just volumes and elaborate tracts of this subject? No news here. That which I have is stolen from others. Dicitre mihi mea pagina fur es. If that severe doom of Synesius be true, it is a greater offence to steal dead men's labours than their clothes. What shall become of most writers? I hold up my hand at the bar, among others, and am guilty of felony in this kind. Habes confitentum reum. I am content to be pressed with the rest. Tis most true. Tenet insanabili multos scribende cacoethes. And there is no end of writing of books, as the wise men found of old, in this scribbling age especially wherein the number of books is without number, as a worthy man saith. Presses be oppressed, and out of an itching humour that every man hath to show himself, desirous of fame and honour, scribimus inducti doctique, he will write no matter what, and scrape together it boots not whence. Bewitched with this desire of fame, etiam mediis in morbis, to the disparagement of their health, and scarce able to hold a pen, they must say something and get themselves a name, saith Scaliger though it be to the downfall and ruin of many others. To be counted writers, scriptores ut salutentur, to be thought and held polymaths and polyhistors, 
apud imperitum vulgus ob ventosae nomen artis, to get a paper kingdom. Nulla spe Christus sed ampla famae, in this precipitate, ambitious age, nunc ut est saeculum, inter imaturam eruditionum, ambitiosum et praeceps, tis Scaliger's censure, and they that are scarce auditors, vix auditores, must be masters and teachers, before they can be capable and fit hearers. They will rush into all learning, togatum armatum, divine human authors, rake over all indexes and pamphlets for notes, as our merchants do strange havens for traffic, write great tomes, cum non sint revera doctiores, sed loquaciores, whereas they are not thereby better scholars, but greater praetors. They commonly pretend public good, but as Gessner observes, tis pride and vanity that eggs them on, no news or aught worthy of note, but the same in other terms. Ne feria rentor fortasse typography, vel idio scribendum est aliquid, ut se vixisse testentor. As apothecaries we make new mixtures every day, pour out of one vessel into another, and as those old Romans robbed all the cities of the world to set out their bad-sighted Rome, we skim off the cream of other men's wits, pick the choice flowers of their tilled gardens to set out our own sterile plots. Castant alios ut libros suos, per se gracules alieno adepe suffarciant, so jovius inveys. They lard their lean books with the fat of others' works, inerudi fures, etc., a fault that every writer finds, as I do now, and yet faulty themselves, trium literarum homines, all thieves. They pilfer out of old writers to stuff up their new comments, scrape Aeneas's dunghills, and out of Democritus' pit, as I have done. By which means it comes to pass, that not only libraries and shops are full of our putrid papers, but every close-stool and jakes. Scribunt carmina quae legant cacantes, they serve to put under pies, to lap spice in, and to keep roast meat from burning. With us in France, saith Scaliger, every man hath liberty to write, but few ability. Heretofore learning was graced by judicious scholars, but now noble sciences are vilified by base and illiterate scribblers, that either write for vain glory, need to get money, or as parasites to flatter and collogue with some great men. They put cut burrs, Quisquiliasque ineptiasque. Among so many thousand authors, you shall scarce find one by reading of whom you shall be any whit better, but rather much worse. Quibus inficitur potius, quam perficitur, by which he is rather infected than any way perfected. Quitalia legit, quid didicit tandem, quid skit nisi somnia, nugas? So that oftentimes it falls out which Callimachus taxed of old, a great book is a great mischief. Cardan finds fault with Frenchmen and Germans for their scribbling to no purpose. Non inquit ab edendo deterio, modo novum aliquid inveniant. He doth not bar them to write, so that it be some new invention of their own, but we weave the same web still, twist the same rope again and again, or if it be a new invention, tis but some bauble or toy which idle fellows write for as idle fellows to read, and whoso cannot invent, he must have a barren wit in this scribbling age can forge nothing. Princes show their armies, rich men vaunt their buildings, soldiers their manhood, and scholars vent their toys. They must read, they must hear whether they will or no. 
et quod cunque semulcatis illeverit, omnes gestiet a forno radiantes scire lacuque, et puerus et anus. What once is said and writ, all men must know, old wives and children as they come and go. What a company of poets hath this year brought out, as Pliny complains to Sosius Tinesius. This April every day some or other have recited. What a catalogue of new books all this year, all this age, I say, have our Frankfurt marts, our domestic marts brought out. Twice a year, profferent se nova ingenia et ostentant, we stretch our wits out and set them to sale. Magno conato nihil agimus. So that which Gessner much desires, if a speedy reformation be not had by some prince's edicts and grave supervisors to restrain this liberty, it will run on in infinitum. Quis tam avidus librorum helluo? Who can read them? As already we shall have a vast chaos and confusion of books. We are oppressed with them. Our eyes ache with reading, our fingers with turning. For my part, I am one of the number. Nos numerus sumus, we are mere ciphers. I do not deny it. I have only this of Macrobius to say for myself. Omne mehem, nihil mehem. Tis all mine and none mine. As a good housewife out of divers fleeces weaves one piece of cloth, a bee gathers wax and honey out of many flowers, and makes a new bundle of all, floriferous ut apes insultibus omnia libant. I have laboriously collected this kento out of diverse writers, and that sine injuria. I have wronged no authors, but given every man his own, which Hierom so much commends in Nepotian. He stole not whole verses, pages, tracts, as some do nowadays, concealing their authors' names, but still said this was Cyprian's, that Lactantius, that Hilarius. So said Minutius Felix, so Victorinus, thus far Arnobius. I cite and quote nine authors, which, howsoever some illiterate scribblers account pedantical, as a cloak of ignorance, and opposite to their affected fine style, I must and will use. Sumpsi, non soripui, and what Varro speaks of bees, minime maleficae nullius opus velicarites faciunt delerius, I can say of myself, whom have I injured? The matter is theirs most part, and yet mine, apparet unde sumptum sit, which Seneca approves, aliud tamen quam unde sumptum sit apparet, which nature doth with the ailment of our bodies incorporate, digest, assimilate, I do, Concoquere quod hausi, dispose of what I take. I make them pay tribute, to set out this my macaronicon. The method only is mine own. I must usurp that of Wecker, nihil dictum quod non dictum prius, methodus sola artificum ostendit. We can say nothing but what hath been said. The composition and method is ours only, and shows a scholar. Oribasius, Asius, Avicenna, have all out of Galen, but to their own method, diverso stilo, non diversa fide. Our poets steal from Homer, he spews, saith alien, they lick it up. Divines use Austin's words verbatim still, and our story-dressers do as much. He that comes last is commonly best. Donec quid grandius aetas, postua sosque ferret melior. Though there were many giants of old in physics and philosophy, Yet I say with Didaca Stella, a dwarf standing on the shoulders of a giant may see farther than a giant himself. I may likely add, alter and see farther than my predecessors, and it is no greater prejudice for me to indict after others than for Aelianus Montaltus 
that famous physician to write de morbis capitis after jason pratensis hernius hildesheim etc many horses to run in a race one logician one rhetorician after another oppose then what thou wilt alatres licet usque nost et usque et ganitibus improbis lacessas i solve it thus and for those other faults of barbarism doric dialect extemporaneous style tautologies apish imitation a rhapsody of rags gathered together from several dunghills excrements of authors toys and fopperies confusedly tumbled out without art invention judgment wit learning harsh raw rude fantastical absurd insolent indiscreet ill-composed indigested vain scurrile idle dull and dry i confess all tis partly affected thou canst not think worse of me than i do of myself tis not worth the reading i yield it i desire thee not to lose time in perusing so vain a subject i should be peradventure loath myself to read him or thee so writing tis not operae pretium all i say is this that i have precedence for it which isocrates calls perfugium eis qui peccant others as absurd vain idle illiterate etc nonoli alii idem fecerunt others have done as much it may be more and perhaps thou thyself novimus et quite etc we have all our faults schemus et hunc venium etc thou censurest me so have i done others and may do thee oedimus inque vicum etc tis lex talionis quid pro quo go now censure criticise scoff and rail nasutus sis usque licet sis denique nasus non potes in nugas dicere plura meas ipse ego quam dixi etc wert thou all scoffs and flouts a very momus than we ourselves thou canst not say worse of us thus as when women scold have i cried whore first and in some men's censures i am afraid i have overshot myself laudare se vani vituperare stultai as i do not arrogate i will not derogate primus vestrum non sum nec imus i am none of the best i am none of the meanest of you as i am an inch or so many feet so many parasangs after him or him i may be peradventure an ace before thee be it therefore as it is well or ill i have essayed put myself upon the stage i must abide the censure i may not escape it it is most true stealers virum arguit our style bewrays us and as hunters find their game by the trace so is a man's genius described by his works multo milius exomene quam linea mentis demoribus hominum judicamus it was old cato's rule i have laid myself open i know it in this treatise turned mine inside outward i shall be censured i doubt not for to say truth with erasmus nihil morosius hominum judicius there is naught so peevish as men's judgments yet this is some comfort ut palata sic judicia our censures are as various as our palates tres mihi convivii prope dissentire videntur poscentes vario multum diversa palato etc three guests i have dissenting at my feast requiring each to gratify his taste with different food our writings are as so many dishes our readers guests our books like beauty that which one admires another rejects 
so are we approved as men's fancies are inclined. Pro captu lectoris habent su fata libelli. That which is most pleasing to one is amaracum sui, most harsh to another. Quot homines tot sententiae, so many men, so many minds. That which thou condemnest, he commends. Quod petis it sane est invisum, acidumque duobus. He respects matter, thou art holy for words. He loves a loose and free style. Thou art all for neat composition, strong lines, hyperboles, allegories. He desires a fine frontispiece, enticing pictures, such as Hieron, Natali the Jesuit, hath cut to the Dominicals, to draw on the reader's attention, which thou rejectest. That which one admires, another explodes as most absurd and ridiculous. If it be not point-blank to his humour, his method, his conceit, si quid forsum omissum, quod is animo concepperit, si quae dictio, etc. If aught be omitted or added, which he likes or dislikes, thou art mancipium paucae lectionis, an idiot, an ass, nullus est, or plagiaris, a trifler, a trivant, thou art an idle fellow, or else it is a thing of mere industry, a collection without wit or invention, a very toy. Facilia sic putant omnes quae jam facta, nec de salebris cogitant, ubi via strata. So men are valued, their labours vilified by fellows of no worth themselves, as things of naught, who could not have done as much? Unos quisque abundat senso suo. Every man abounds in his own sense, and whilst each particular party is so affected, how should one please all? Quid dem, quid non dem? Renius tu quod jubet ille. What courses must I choose, what not? What both would order you refuse? How shall I hope to express myself to each man's humour and conceit, or to give satisfaction to all? Some understand too little, some too much. Qui similiter in legendos libros, atque in salutandos homines irruant, non cogitantes quales. Sed quibus vestibus indutae sint, as Austin observes, not regarding what, but who write. Orexin habit octores celebritas, not valuing the metal, but stamp that is upon it. Cantharum aspiciunt, non quid in eo. If he be not rich, in great place, polite and brave, a great doctor, or full fraught with grand titles, though never so well qualified, he is a dunce. But as Baronius hath it of Cardinal Carafa's works, he is a mere hog that rejects any man for his poverty. Some are too partial, as friends to overween, others come with a prejudice to carp, vilify, detract, and scoff. Qui de me forsan, quid quid est, Omni contemptu contemptius judicant. Some as bees for honey, some as spiders to gather poison. What shall I do in this case? As a Dutch host, if you come to an inn in Germany, and dislike your fare, diet, lodging, etc., apply, replies in a surly tone, Aliud tibi quaris diversorium, if you like not this, get you to another inn, I resolve, if you like not my writing, go read something else. I do not much esteem thy censure. Take thy course. It is not as thou wilt, nor as I will. But when we have both done, that of Plinius Secundus to Trajan will prove true. Every man's witty labour takes not, except the matter, subject, occasion, and some commending favourite happen to it. If I be taxed, exploded by thee, and some such, I shall haply be approved and commended by others, 
and so have been, expertus loquo, and may truly say with Jovius in like case, absit verbo jactantia, herum quorandum, pontificum, et virorum nobilium, familiaritatum, et amicitiam, gratasque gratias, et multorum bene laudatorum laudes sum inde formeritus. As I have been honoured by some worthy men, so have I been vilified by others, and shall be. At the first publishing of this book, which Probus of Persius satires, editum librum continuo mirare homines, atque avide deripere caeperunt. I may in some sort apply this to my work. The first, second, and third edition were suddenly gone, eagerly read and, as I have said, not so much approved by some as scornfully rejected by others. But it was Democritus his fortune, idem admiratione et irisione habitus. Twas Seneca's fate, that superintendent of wit, learning, judgment, and stuporum doctus, the best of Greek and Latin writers in Plutarch's opinion, that renowned corrector of vice, as Fabius terms him, and painful omniscious philosopher, that writ so excellently and admirably well, could not please all parties or escape censure. How is he vilified by Caligula, Agellius, Fabius, and Lipsius himself, his chief propuner? In eo pleraque pernitiosa, saith the same Fabius, many childish tracts and sentences he hath, sermo elaboratus, too negligent often and remiss, as Agellius observes, oratio vulgaris et protrita, decaces et ineptae, sententiae, eruditio plebeia, an homely shallow writer as he is. In partiba spinas et fastidia habet, saith Lipsius, and, as in all his other works, so especially in his epistles, aliae in argutius et ineptis occupantor, intricatus alicubi, et parum compositus, sine copia rerum hoc fecit. He jumbles up many things together immethodically, after the Stoics' fashion, parum ordinavit, multa accumulavit, etc. If Seneca be thus lashed, and many famous men that I could name, what shall I expect? How shall I that am vix umbra tanti philosophi hope to please? No man so absolute, Erasmus holds, to satisfy all except antiquity, prescription, etc., set a bar. But as I have proved in Seneca, this will not always take place. How shall I evade? "'Tis the common doom of all writers. "'I must, I say, abide it. "'I seek not applause. "'Non ego ventosa vena suffragia plebis. "'Again, non sum adio informis, "'I would not be vilified. "'Laudatus abunde, non fastidius citibai lector ero. "'I fear good men's censures, "'and to their favourable acceptance I submit my labours. "'Et linguis mancipiorum contemno. "'As the barking of a dog, I securely contemn those malicious and scurrile obloquies, flouts, calumnies of railers and detractors. I scorn the rest. What therefore I have said, pro tenuitate mea, I have said. End of section 4